Katrina Lumsden, interiors and marketing mentor to holiday homeowners who are ready to create beautifully styled and fully booked holiday stays to build a life of their dreams. On this podcast, you will hear from the owners of holiday homes all over Australia who have lovingly designed, styled and created beautiful spaces for us to enjoy, who care about offering great experiences, luxurious comfort and unique stays. You will also hear from the businesses who support holiday homeowners to create their success, from branding through to business coaches and everything in between. Plus, I'll share my tips to create a standout holiday home with my Holiday Haven method that I teach inside my signature course, The Elevated Holiday Haven. With 10 plus years in the styling industry, working with hundreds of clients and being featured on podcasts, blogs and in publications, I know what it takes to increase your rental return, multiply your bookings and create a standout holiday home through interiors, branding and marketing. And now I want to share all of that with you. So let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. It's been a while since I feel like I've been in recording this um, podcast. The um, previous podcasts that you've listened to over the last few weeks were pre-recorded before I went overseas on my trip. So yeah, it's probably been about eight weeks since I've recorded any episodes for you. So it feels a bit strange being back in um, my little office in front of the microphone doing a um, episode for you all. And I have to say, um, I have missed it. I do love sitting here in my little cocoon, <laughs> having a chat with you all. Um, and I'm excited to share this episode with you. I have a uh, interview that I recorded before I went away with the lovely Fran who owns the Wensley down uh, on the Great Ocean Road, just off the Great Ocean Road in Melbourne. And she has built an amazing, successful business, holiday home business down there. And she has really opened up and shared some really great useful and um, amazing tips for us and other holiday homeowners and just a little bit to sort of uh, you know guide us and help us if we're looking at ways that we can improve or create that successful sustainable holiday home business for ourselves. So before we get into that though I just had a few things that I wanted to share with you. First of all, just wanted to say uh, thank you so much for your feedback for the last few episodes. Um, It was really lovely to hear that you enjoyed listening to more of a personal podcast episode, I suppose, of me sharing about uh, my trip overseas and my why and, um, you know, about my family history and my dad and all of that sort of stuff. Um, I just wanted to sort of fill you in really quickly on, um, that first half of our trip to, um, England and Cornwall with my family. And just to let you know that it was, um, everything that we hoped it would be. It was such a beautiful trip and we created so many beautiful memories. Um, we started in Loughton, in um, it's about 40 minutes out of London, where some of my dad's family live, his cousin. 
and we kind of started there. We spent a little bit of time in London and spent some time with them. And then from there, we hired cars and we drove down in through Devon and into Cornwall. And oh my God, the uh, countryside and the scenery. I cannot tell you how many times I said out loud, this is so beautiful because you know, the scenery and the countryside that we have in Australia, like when we, when you drive down the South coast, you know, anyone that knows Kiama and you go around those bends and you see the beautiful countryside, um, looking out into the hills, hills is just beautiful. But the countryside in Cornwall and England and Devon, it just takes your breath away. And it was just constant. Every time you took another corner, you would just see these beautiful rolling hills and the trees and the greenery. And yeah, it was just breathtaking. Um, We drove from Loughton. Um, I'll just really quickly go through some of the towns that we went in uh, because these are places that my father, um, some he visited on holidays and he was taken to when he was a child and some he visited as an adult uh, as well. And so he just places that he knew of and was able to take us to as adults and tell us little stories about these places. But seeing Cornwall through someone's eyes who knows the country was really special. And as we're driving through all these places, it um, jogged memories for my dad and he was able to recall things that he did as a child, you know, um, getting, getting into trouble for, uh, messing up some haystacks or, you know, just little things that he remembered as a child. And so it was such a special trip and it was everything that I could have possibly imagined. And for my sisters and my mum and my dad, um, yeah, it was just so special. My niece, Amy, that was there, my son, Nick, that was there, they both said as well um, how special it was and they absolutely loved it. Like I thought being 20 and 23, they would have thought it was a little bit boring being in a car doing, um, you know, driving in a car with all these oldies. Um, but they just, just soaked it all in, loved hearing dad's stories and just loved it. So it was just so special. So anyway, we went, um, to Stonehenge in Salisbury. We went to Torquay, Brixham, a little town called Lou. So these are all little coastal towns that dad chose for us to go and have a look at that he'd been to. Um, Lou, which is L-O-O-E, and Polpero, which is P-O-L-P-E-R-R-O. If you ever do travel over that way, um, you must go and visit these little coastal towns. They are just so unique and uh, old and just gorgeous. Um, I don't know if you saw any of my stories on Instagram, but it's just like nothing you've ever seen, nothing that I'd ever seen anyway. Um there, then we went and stayed in St. Austell. We went to St. Ives, the beautiful um, coastal um, harbour of St. Ives. We went to Clavelli and also to Bath. I loved Bath. That was such a beautiful little town. Uh, we went to the Cotswolds and in the Cotswolds, we went to little towns called Bybury and Broadway, which were just gorgeous. 
And then we went up to Stafford and visited more family, cousins, and they stayed on a beautiful property or they live on a beautiful property that's got a canal at the back of their house, which was pretty cool. Then we headed up to to York and stayed for a few days and then up to Edinburgh and um, went to Scotland for, for four nights and went to the castle and did all of that. And then obviously then came back down to London and off to Paris and did my, my European adventure. So I just wanted to share with you a little bit about that and just say that, um, that yeah, it was everything that I uh, hoped it would be. And thank you all so much for your very um, special and kind messages that you sent me about that. I just wanted to let you know that it was fabulous. Um, so the other thing that I wanted to mention, and I will remind you at the end of this podcast as well, the Elevated Holiday Haven is going to be reopening for enrollment in mid-September. Well, it's opening for enrollment early September and the course will start in mid-September. So over the next month, you're going to hear me talking about that. And I'm also going to be hosting a workshop as I always do before I open for enrollment, which will be a live workshop and it's going to be on the 1st of August. And the way that I would like, if you are interested in um, coming to that workshop and interested in hearing about the Elevated Holiday Haven, you can sign up for the wait list for the Elevated Holiday Haven via the link in my show notes or over on Instagram. And that will allow me to send you information about the um, workshop. I will set some um, a page up for you to sign up for the workshop. Once I get a bit organized, I'm only two days into my return, so I'm not that organized yet, but you definitely can sign up for the wait list for the enrollment and get all the information that way. The workshop is going to be uh, about, I'm going to be sharing the key steps that you need to create a successful standout holiday home. And I'm going to be giving you tips that you can take away to implement. So it's not something that you're just going to sit there and I'm going to be talking the whole time and, and you know, you just sit and listen and that's it. I want to give you things that you can take away and actually implement. I also am going to be going through one of my members' amazing transformations that she made after she completed or through her completion of the Elevated Holiday Haven program. She is just about to launch her new uh, revamped and transformation of her little townhouse down on the South Coast. And she's agreed to come on the podcast. She's going to be coming on in a few weeks. And I'm also going to be sharing a little case study and sharing the transformation that she made through everything that she learned in the course from interiors, styling, as well as uh, branding, her Instagram marketing and her doing her website. And yeah, just doing all of those things that she learned throughout the course. So that's going to be really fun to share that and show you the transformation that she made from everything that she learned in the, 
the program with me. So if you're interested in jumping onto that wait list, you can find the link to that in the show notes. If you have any questions, you know where I am over on Instagram at studiohaven underscore au, or you can message me through the link in the show notes as well. Otherwise, I'm going to stop chatting. I want to get into this interview with Fran because I know it's something you're going to love. So let's dive right in. Today, I'm welcomed by Fran, who owns the Wensley in Melbourne, and I'm so excited to have a chat to her. She sounds like she's a very interesting uh, lady and She's got a beautiful property down there in Melbourne, which I can't wait to dive in and find out all about it. So welcome, Fran, to Holiday in Style. Thanks, Katrina. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about you and what you do when you're not hosting the Wensley. Um, I am a producer. So when I'm not hosting the Wensley. I am doing a combination of um, producing TVCs, TV commercials or TV. Uh, so it keeps me pretty busy. And I'm a mother of two young kids, a four-year-old and a six-year-old, and I have a pretty um, busy husband as well. So lots of comings and goings in our house. Sounds like a pretty full-on busy life. <laughs> well, I've kind of pared it back a bit. Yeah. Mm. Um, but the best thing about uh, being a producer is that you're freelance, so it just comes in waves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've always enjoyed the ups and downs of that kind of life. I like to go hard and then, you know, just rest. relax, rest yeah. and hibernate a bit yeah. um, and recover. Uh, but, yeah, I often find when I get a full-time job, um, I just I don't know how people just consistently do the same thing. I need the adrenaline rush and the quiet. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'll maybe um, I'll get back to full time work at one stage. Have you ever done your human design? Uh, yes, actually. Yeah. You know? And what are you? <laughs> I'm a manifesting generator. Generator. Yeah. Okay. What What about you? I'm a projector. So, oh, great. I'm so interested because my daughter's a projector. Oh, is she? <laughs> but when you said, when you were saying about you go, 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 and then you need the rest because that's what, that's me, like that's what I do and I I love that downtime and the rest and that's a very um, common trait for projectors. So if your daughter needs the rest, that's, um, yeah. But I, anyway, we digress. <laughs> Um, so where did this all start for you with the Wensley? Why, like, what, how did this all come about? Well, interestingly, the Wensley is very much a partnership between me, um, my husband and I. Mm-hmm. And although I really am the face of the Wensley, he is the engine room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was um, doing on bridesmaids duty at one of my best friend's weddings one day and he had nothing to do and he went for a drive and he came back and he's like I found this property I'm like okay cool thinking nothing of it yeah. and the next week he, he's made an offer on the property I'm like what, you didn't even talk what? <laughs> um so it is 80 acres and it's an hour and a half away from Melbourne um in between Aries Inlet which is on the Great Ocean Road and um a little town called Moriac which is sort of a little bit north um, in the country. So it's sort of 20 minutes from Aries, which is pretty close. Yeah. Um, so 
it is it's kind of I like to call it the surf coast hinterland because you know everyone talks about the Byron Bay hinterland which is very yes. trendy yeah. um and this is in effect the same kind of thing mm-hmm. uh and it it's um 80 acres set in rolling hills in a little pocket called Wensleydale and originally it was just the land and then we built the house on it my mm-hmm. husband had a construction company in Melbourne um, and he'd been collecting lots of recycled um, Oregon from uh, fit outs that he'd been doing in the CBD mm-hmm. um, so we had the benefit of like a stockpile of timber and then uh, we sort of what we had a vision of this shed we actually wanted it to be two sheds side by side joined by a walkway very yeah. sort of glen Merkett, um uh house yeah. um but then we got nick Byrne, who's an architect involved and it just snowballed and nick's really fabulous with angles and he uses a lot of timber in his um designs but he's really got these incredible clean lines and if you look at my husband he is you know he's like the flannel shirt wearing dirty red <laughs> wing um you know five o'clock ten o'clock midnight shadow happening yeah, yeah. He's really got this rustic feel and I'm like quite a casual um person yeah. so what we've done is we've combined the angles and the streamlined um high-end feel of Nick's architecture with the, the personalities of Michael and I, which is a, mm. a more down-to-earth, rustic, textual um, finishes that exist in the Wensley. And yeah. then, um, so, yeah, we he built that um, and then it was always intended um, to be a holiday house and then um, when his construction company went under, we had no choice but to make it pay for itself, which is when I turned it into an Airbnb um, and that, and that was an incredible process for me. Mm. Mm. And and just talking about the design of it, it is just what you've described is exactly how it feels too, it, the way it comes across. It is just all the clean lines and, and the architectural features of it and then internally and, the, and with all the timber as well, it just has this warmth about it and the way it's been styled and, yeah, it's beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. It is like that. And then the trickiest thing, I'm actually like quite a colourful person, you know, well, kind of, actually, I don't know, I wear a lot of denim and blue stripes. But <laughs> um, it, uh, when you talk to me, you don't think of neutral tones, but because of the way that the timber is so overpowering and we've got so many windows, um, the landscape becomes the art mm. and then the timber is so textural like it couldn't deal with any more textural busy furnishings or interiors yes. so the interiors are really pared back mm-hmm. and neutral and also what's in there is pared back and neutral I I mean because I'm a producer I'm so used to collaborating with all different people and I find that um the more people you collaborate with, the more they bring to the table. The more you learn, um, and and the better products that you can, that you achieve. So with the Wensley, as I just I I know what I like when I see it, but mm-hmm. because you know I wasn't an expert, I'm still no expert, but I have a, a 
a lot more idea about interiors now after going through this process than mm-hmm. I did prior. I, I didn't know where to get what I liked. And um, my girlfriend, Lisa Buxton from Lisa Buxton Interiors, she helped me pull together the interiors and helped me sort of, she teased the vision out for me. Like the bathroom is very much Mike and I's project. Yeah. And then um, Lisa's really fabulous in guiding us with colours and, um, you know, she suggested the gorgeous, the gorgeous Cotto Zilli tile from mm. Eco Outdoor at, in, at the back. And, um, you know, the leather lights by IE Francis, which are like a handmade, like just she suggested the leather, it. yeah, mm. the leather and the, um, just the finishes and stuff mm. like that were really, um, important. Yes. Um, to sort of bring out, um, bits and bobs. But yeah, so it it's interesting how it's actually quite simple. Um, the house um, it is a three bedroom house, like mm-hmm. it sleeps uh, ten people or five couples. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's three bedroom, and the loft have three beds into it in it, and with a bathroom. And then there's two bedrooms downstairs that share that main bathroom. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it is quite simple but it's the high ceilings and the light that you get um that make it so grounded in nature and the fact that you have timber you're surrounded by timber so the whole complete exterior the whole house is built with the iron bark and oregon yeah there's no plasterboard no plaster no No. anywhere yeah um so the yeah so it's Mm. um silver top ash or hardwood um, mixed hardwood floor, uh, iron bark, recycled Oregon, and like huge iron bark posts. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just a different feeling. Like, yeah, the images. I mean, I'm a producer, so I'm very focused on the final product mm. and the process of shooting that house really refined what was in that house as we went. Like I just had filled it with all the stuff that I didn't really want plus a few key pieces. Mm. And then I worked with Tess Newman-Morris, who's a fabulous stylist. And if you're really open to criticism, which I think you have to be, mm. she's like, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this. I'm like, <laughs> great. And I out. ended up just taking more stuff out mm. than I put in mm. and just simplifying it down. And then having Lisa Cohen, who is the first person that, shot the house she's a fabulous interiors photographer she came in and she sort of set the angles and the mood with Tess and for me that process was so crucial because that's what I do every day for my job whether it's photography or film I do both Mm. um and until I put like a lens and a frame up I've got no perspective on how something looks yeah so until you do that and then you you put things in and out of the frame Mm. yeah anyway so I'm jumping all over the shop you probably want no to no it's great I mean and it's I think the fi- the finished product really shows that you see the value in like you said in collaboration in mm. in getting in the professionals who know what they're doing to get that end result that you want because mm. you know there there are I mean obviously we're people are on a budget and you um there are things that you will try and do yourself but at the end of the day, uh, if you can save up and you can invest in those mm. professionals in certain parts of it, professional photography, huge, interiors, yeah. huge. 
um, just because that is the first impression and these are the things that are going to draw those people in and your final product and what is the first thing that people see is it's not just an image but it's an actual feeling that you get when you look at the image and that's what you want people to experience. Yeah, I think it's actually really tricky because, like you mentioned, budget is always an issue. Mm. Um, and I think when you're starting something or starting a business, uh, you've really got to figure out how much you think you can charge for that space within the market. So mm. researching other places who that have a similar look, feel, vibe, how much do they charge? Um, and then you can figure out how much you can spend yeah, because, work yeah, yeah, the other value in having great photography is just the PR. Like it's not only that it goes on Airbnb, your website, any kind of media, um, Instagram, and then the advertising that people do on Instagram. I think it's it's about your PR and the more people involved in your place the more PR you're going to get mm. um, you know they are going to talk other people are going share. to talk yeah you know they share so it's like you know sharing and linking the more people linked yep. the more word of mouth that you're going to get many hands it's um, light work yeah and also I just think one really key thing for the Wensley is if it's not good enough for me, it's not good enough for my guests. Mm. And like if I'm going to charge a certain amount of money, I'm not having one knife, one scrubbing brush, one one dishwasher capsule. That is just <laughs> not a world that I live in. And yeah. it's like to my pet hate. Like when you go I into know. the Wensley kitchen, you you have a rice cooker, a wok, a kitchen aid. Yeah. A Nutribullet, an espresso machine, a soda stream. Like mm. you've got all the be- bells and whistles because really the reality is that you're stuck out in a, in a paddock. Mm. Um, so you have to be Not able to. Well, I mean, when I go and stay there, I, I want to be able to whip up a mayonnaise sauce or um, cook something really delicious. Mm. Um, you're putting yourself in your guest's shoes. Yeah, exactly. In the end. Mm. Yeah. So you've mentioned a little bit about how many it sleeps and everything and that it's on a property. So how is it all? It's 80 acres and it's sort of set in the middle of the property and do the guests have access to sort of wander around? and? Yeah, so um, basically uh, it's actually set not in the middle of the 80 acres. It's more at the start. We're actually thinking initially that we would build the house down at the back of the property, but the view that we see um, from the windows, from the lounge room was so spectacular we just couldn't ignore it and you see the rising sun come come up um, in the breast of the hills. So I just think um, we made the call to build it there also because it actually costs a lot of money to run power and we had to... I mean, unfortunately, it's not off the grid and that's something that we're going to look into for our next project. But um, we ran power from from the road to there and that was so much money. Like, mm. And mm. and that's just a downfall of doing like a build from scratch. Like you've got to think about your amenities and, and how you get it in there. 
But, um, yeah, so it sits uh, sort of close to the start of the property um, and looks down to the view and guests have access to the whole property. Mm-hmm. Um, they can walk to the back. If they dare, they can drive to the back, but it's pretty wet in winter and you can get really bogged and yeah. you come up quite a steep hill. So I wouldn't really recommend it unless you have a four-wheel drive and you're happy for mud and stuff to be yeah. traded for your car. Mm. So um, we also have like quite a large shed. So it's a, a, the house is smaller than the shed and the shed originally um, my husband just wants to put all his boys' toys in it. Um, yeah. And he wants to buy a tractor and put that in and all that kind of stuff. But we just haven't got around to that. Um, So you have access to the shed, which is actually a really fabulous resource for photography shoots. I get a lot of um, photo shoots out there. So they, you know, they shoot in the house and the surrounds and they use the shed as Mm. a a unit base in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And it would make a really good venue. But um, there's lots of cultural heritage uh, with the property. Well, it's, it's actually at the top of Anglesey River. Um, so Anglesey River, it doesn't technically start on our property, but in a really wet year, the water trickles from a couple of dams um, at the back of our property. Yeah. So and it goes all the way through um, the state forest and then into the Anglesey Heath and down to Anglesey, which is a coastal town on the Great Ocean Road. So, yeah, you get access to the whole property and it's um, pretty relaxing. Sounds really. amazing. I'm looking at the images. I, I, I tell everybody, go out, go and check it out at the Wensley, isn't it? Yes, the Wensley. Wensley, yes. In, on Instagram. That's beautiful. Um, so just talking about experiences, I notice you have a tab on your website that actually is and says experiences and I really love that. You've actually dedicated a whole, you know, section on your website because it's something obviously that's important to you and that people can go and choose how they want to enjoy their stay. So do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I actually am always trying to keep those experiences relevant and up to date, um, which has reminded me I need to do a couple of little things. Uh, yeah, the experiences page um, just helps enhance your stay, really. Uh, I like the private dining. I've had a few things there where I've got um, a chef in to cook and it just makes your stay more relaxing. And then a masseuse can come out and do massages. Um, I'm working on personal training and yoga. I do, I do have it as a um, option but I just would like to refine that a bit more yeah um and um what else can you do I just also it because it is a house in the middle of the paddock having the right supplies while you're there is really important and I find that most people who come they have a city mentality and so they think oh we'll just pop out for a coffee yeah you know we'll just pop out and grab a coffee and then we'll come back it's like you know by the time you get back to the house your coffee's cold mm. um so really the place is all about making your coffee there and enjoying the sunrise and taking mm. it slow and not really needing to go anywhere but still feeling like you're almost outside because of the windows so it's really important to have what you want there and so I list um I do a lot of recommendations and I list places that you can pick up stuff on the way down and then we also try and provide um 
you know, the basics, but my basics aren't basics that, you know, we've got love tea, we've got Nespresso pods. Um, I have some basic pantry items as well, like oats, wheat, bix, pasta, um, sugar, like, you know, three, three types of sugars, brown sugar, caster sugar, uh, and raw sugar, you know, stuff that if you get stuck there and you do have no food, you can have a bowl of wheat bix. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yes, yeah, <laughs> For those that are gluten free. <laughs> yeah. Just things like that. Yeah. Um, to make it. Yeah, it's great. I love it. And uh, I do like to ask hosts as well, what what do you think as as far as the interiors would be a, a piece of furniture or some sort of design feature that you feel that you injected into the space that was a game changer, something that you think is has just been, um, you know, that, that piece or feature that people have loved or has really set you apart? Uh, it's hard to say because there are a few, there are a few. Um, and it's interesting because I get a lot of questions about finishes and furniture, but there are a couple of things that I think are really essential. So obviously the couches are a big one for me um, and they were a big uh, decision also because if you're planning on having guests, I think it's really important to be able to clean your couch. So these MCM couches, they're the deep joe and you can take the cover off and wash the cover and then put it back on. Um, and it just having a clean house and having it feel fresh is makes the guests feel important. And it also just makes the space feel nice. Absolutely. Um, and I get a lot of questions about the couches. Um, the the linen, I get a lot of questions about the linen. Um, I mean, I'm talking specifically soft furnishings right now. The linen, um, I am really particular about linen. Um, you know, I'm a hot sleeper. This is so gross. At, but, like, I sweat a lot. So it's really important for me to have really nice linen to minimise um, the sweating and also airflow. Um, so I guess um, high-quality linen, I use um, Actor Hotelier range, which is like a cotton, really high thread count. It's like really thick and really hardy. Yeah, I love how everyone's cotton. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's into linen these days. I like a linen top sheet. I, I mean, a, a linen, I like a linen doona cover, mm -hmm. but um, I like to sleep in really good cotton. Um, <clears throat> I think the, the tapware, and the um, the bathroom, because we built this in 2000 and we finished in, we finished building the house in 2017, it was just as that um, aged brass tapware look was really coming in. Um, I mean, I think, in a way it's always been in because it's a bit timeless but you know things go in cycles and it seems to have had a big boost mm. um and so the tapware and the sinks and that how the rustic nature of them have all really well. yeah they work really well mm. um which i'm really happy about not so great for cleaning i think cleaning <laughs> 
I think the house, you know, it started off with a lot of splinters, which is really, really hard. My kids both learned to walk and crawl there and the amount of splinters they've had is phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal amount yeah. of splinters in their body. But they're they're it's like humans have become a sandpaper and they've worn the splinters away in time. Um and so as the house ages, it becomes also more rustic. Mm. Uh the the concrete bench and the um concrete fireplace which were both poured in situ are pretty big features Mm. um the the concrete fireplace divides the room in a really architectural way um and you can see the formwork imprints on the concrete concrete like it's not completely uh smooth which gives it yeah this rustic feel Mm. and like it's like little details like that that you don't really understand lens um itself to the whole overall look and feel Mm. Uh, so they're the kind of things that have come from my husband and the big sliding timber doors which are so heavy and the property moves like in winter it's it it expands and then summer it it contracts so it just is living and breathing because it's timber and with moisture it just blows out and then dries up and uh yeah so the big timber doors are pretty incredible feature as well so yeah and so many many amazing features and and things yeah well I mean I think every house has its features Mm. I guess what's interesting is when you have a house that's been so highly publicized you get to think a little bit more about what you like a lot about it and what you would change Mm. there's heaps of things you know, when Mike and I build a new house, when we get an opportunity to do that, we, we get to take all of our learnings from the Wensley and incorporate that into a new place. Mm. Be cool. That's pretty exciting too, Wensley yes. number two. <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah. Got to work hard, right? Yeah. So how has owning and hosting a holiday property changed your life? That's really interesting and I actually didn't realise um, how much I put that out into the universe as well. I think I was in Sydney uh, with my then business partner and we were making an ad and we were looking for locations for this ad and we came across this fabulous um accommodation in like close to Paddington and it was this woman whose husband was the architect and they lived on top in like a fabulous house and they had two studio apartments that she rented out um, underneath and you know I rang her to see whether we could use them as a location because they had a great book and she was on holiday with her kids and she's like oh sorry I'm not on email that much and I was really fascinated. I was like, oh, hang on, hang on. So you're a mum and you run these studio apartments and that is your income and that helps pay for your life. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> that sounds really cool. Um, and having a husband that's a builder and also quite handy, I think that struck a chord with me. Mm. And then I didn't realise, I think I put it out into the universe and then when um, Mike and I had that sort of big life change, it was 
just immediately the right solution for what we needed to do. Mm. So it's impacted my life in that um, it does take up a bit of time, but it's great having it as a creative outlet because I started my career in advertising um, as a copywriter. I have knowledge in that sort of area of how to sell things or how I would want to put a spin on it Mm. and creating a brand and sticking to that. I think that was really key in the creation of the Wensley in terms of its look and feel and um, how that's communicated through its images and through the text and the the copy that I communicate with. Mm. Um, So I really enjoyed having that as a creative outlet and it's enabled me um, to channel all my um, ideas and wants, still streamlined to the Wensley's brand into that and it sort of made space in my producerial life to create different things because I'm not channeling so much of my personal self into my actual day job. I'm able to filter that off into something else. Mm. So I think I'm better um, operating with two sort of different yeah things isn't yeah. it yeah yeah so so just on that have you got any any tips for anyone out there that that's in that branding and i mean you've kind of as you mentioned you're in that kind of realm of advertising and you've worked mm. in that industry have you got any tips for anyone that's starting up and um i think the hardest thing is to strike the balance between um like the call to action or or the product that you're actually selling and an authentic insight into using that product. Um, And what I mean when I say that is don't be a knob. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think it is, um, I look at some, the way some people communicate and try and sell their place uh, and it's a bit down your you know up in your face it's like they're just focused like oh we have availability here we have bookings here and I think it's really hard to find that balance and sometimes I cross the line too all the time and I look back I'm like that's a bit on the nose um but you have to find what has inspired your place and and stick to it and and you've got to figure out what you're what you're advertising are you advertising the place or are you advertising yourself I think there's like a very big difference between um your own personal profile Mm. um and incorporating yourself into your properties Mm. um versus something that is solely a property and I've made the decision to for the Wensley like I'm advertising the property yeah like I'm not advertising myself like I haven't got linked you know created by app brand Derham yeah um and I think if I was an interior designer maybe that would be different Mm. um but because I've come from a from a different angle I'm selling just myself so I think you need to figure out what you're trying to sell and then anything that you enjoy there you need to um promote that yeah like what would you be doing there that emotive yep. kind of connection to the house. Some people would say that the Instagram for the Wensley is a touch too polished and I'm trying to incorporate a little bit more of the um, intimate, rustic, everyday kind of side of it. 
um, into it to make it more emotive. But the problem is I just want everything to be perfect when I'm there. I'm not not actually OCD. Like I am quite messy. But also when you do have a chance to create a place where everything has a spot and you don't have small children running around creating mess all the time, you just want to walk into that space and for everything to be in that spot because Mm -hmm. it is relaxing. Exactly. Like you don't have to walk into that house and clean it Mm. or tidy it. And that is actually the benefit of going to stay in someone's Airbnb for for a period of time is like it's a it's when you go on a holiday. <laughs> no. And everything does have a place. So if you're going to take something off a shelf, you know where to put it back. Mm, yeah. Like it's really easy. Um so I'm trying to become a little bit more laissez faire with what I post. But um yeah, everything that I post I want to be a certain quality and have a certain feeling or meaning. So, so does your, do you find Instagram is good for your business? Do you get um, much through Instagram for your bookings? Yes. Mm. Every single time I advertise on Instagram, I get bookings. Mm-hmm. But also what I get is it's just keeping it front of mind as mm. well because there are people who who've said, oh, I've, I've been meaning to come and stay there, and then when it comes to, uh, making a booking they don't think of it because everyone's busy and you know you've got a budget to work to as well mm. um so it's it's front of mind and I do also think real life PR has a big impact as well I think if you're going to have any real life PR um you need to supplement that with Instagram advertising as well. I think um, because of the interior design nature of it, um, that has really helped the Wensley on Instagram. Mm. Um, however, I think if you've got a less Instagrammable place, it's the whole tourist side of things. Yeah, um, yeah it's the location and also um, making sure that you're a super host and that Airbnb are in your team because I've noticed that the Wensley was included in a um Airbnb advertisement and I noticed that as soon as that happened and we won or we came runners up in an award, um, an Airbnb design award and the algorithm changed and we just received a ton more Airbnb bookings. Mm. Um so it's just swings and roundabouts. And also you've got to think about what you know how I was saying before what people would want to do on your property weddings or elopements are a huge market for me like I I haven't tapped into it because I don't have a permit to hold weddings at the Wensley but elopements we can do and so I'm about to start a page like um, on on the website for elopements and what that looks like and start pushing that just like the private dining has added a whole angle um, you know you your business kind of evolves from being just accommodation to other things when mm-hmm. when when you're putting your energy in um i don't know your your time and your vision into something like it, it evolves mm. and you mentioned pr what kind of pr have you done for the wensley well it all started with um well this is really interesting for those people who do want to rent out or start airbnb a place 
um, for me, it all depends on the photographer that you get to shoot. The mm-hmm. photographer often has editorial connections and choosing Lisa was very strategic. Like not only did I like her photos, yep. she basically said, oh, you know, she has an agent in Italy and she has connections to country style. So we launched the Wensley through country style but because the images were so popular. Um, they went everywhere and then her agent in Italy was able to get it into, you know, Architectural Digest in Mexico and a number of editorial publications globally. And then it opened up, after a certain time, it opened up other editorial um, opportunities like Sibylla Court came and did um, a section on it for House and Garden and it's been in another country style, which is a UK country style, it's been in a number of books, like Ali Heath has written a book about it. Natalie Walton's included mm-hmm. it in her book on style. So it it sort of just has this way of congratulations. Do things, by the way, that's amazing. <laughs> thanks. Like if you do things well, yeah. and you worry about just doing it well, mm. um, then opportunities will arise by just putting your head down and mm. trying to do the best you can. So I think it. It's sort of, interestingly, the house has just had a life of its own. But I would say choosing a photographer with editorial connections um, and then other people read that magazine, other journalists are looking for um, places to put in their, you know, winter escape spreads, just things like that. Mm. And then also what's really interesting is the more uh varying content I post there, the different kind of photo shoots I get. So with this um private dining experience and getting Sam Goodwin to come in and do uh a meal and then shooting that, we've now started to get food shoots. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But then if you get someone to come and you know an influencer to come and take a few uh shots of them in some fashion. Mm. then an art director from Maya might see it and be like, that would be great for our fashion campaign. Mm. So it's just um, if you can see something happening there, then Mm. um, it creates a business opportunity Mm. as well. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Thank you. It's been great. So we're at the end of the interview. I've got a few quick questions just to throw at you. What is your favourite spot in the property? Um, okay, so I've got two favourite spots um, in the house and one favourite spot on the property. So my two favourite spots is one, I just love cooking in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, as a mum, you spend a lot of time on your feet cooking and cleaning and um, I love looking out to that view and then you also have the view of the dam and the three trees like directly outside the kitchen. And, you know, just pouring yourself a glass of wine and settling in to cook. Mm. And we've got a really big bench. Um, and so having people around that bench while you cook and chat and hang out is actually like the greatest pleasure, um, which I just loved. And then also just sitting by the fire and reading a book. We've got really um, dim lighting at the Wensley, which I think is really interesting because we – light things so brightly in the city and in our homes and 
it really interrupts our circadian rhythm. And one of the charms of the Wensley is that there are not any down lights. We have spotlights mm. um, and we have lanterns and a couple of lamps. But once the sun goes down, it is really dark in there. Mm. Um, and that warm glow, it helps put you to sleep. So not only you've got the timber surrounding you, you've got this, this warm glow. So I just love sitting on the couch and reading a book before I go to bed and it just really makes you unwind. We don't have a TV there, yeah. uh, but we do in the attic for the kids so that mm. we can actually relax <laughs> by the fire. Yeah. But what I find that does, it opens up so much opportunity for conversation mm. or um, introspection or just reading um, or playing a game. Yes. Like it, yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of being a kid, really, um, uh, which is, yeah, just this form of nostalgia. Mm. And it helps you unwind. So I love sitting on the couch um, and just relaxing there. And then what I recommend for people staying at the property is they go for a walk at sunset to the to the back of the property and then turn back and look at the house and you can see the sunset behind the house. Um, and it's the next highest point on the property and I'd take a dozen oysters and a bottle of champagne down there and just and a camping chair and just sit there and watch the sunset. Mm. Um, amazing. Yeah, that that is the other spot that we wanted to build the house and it is pretty special. Mm. Mm. All right, so what is the best part of being a holiday home host? Um, I just like the variation in in what you have to do. I I think maybe I was born to be a small business owner because you get to do a bit of everything, which I think eventually you might get tired of, but I still find it suits my sort of busy, active life. Yeah. You know, you're on your computer answering emails, um, doing accounts, doing marketing, looking at images, getting inspiration. But then also you have to drive out to the property, um, uh, shoot your content, make sure everything is to how you're liking. If something's not working, you need to change it. Um, lots of interior inspiration. Um and it's flexible, like you run on your hours. So it gives you something to work towards and structure, but it's, yeah, like being a freelancer, mm. you can do it in your own time, although you must respond to people pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I just um, like the flexibility it gives you. Being part of the holiday home rental or Airbnb community is, is pretty special. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of really talented women out there doing the same thing um, uh, and you can always learn something from them, um, helping other people set up their places and, yeah, just being part of that um, yeah. hosting community is pretty uh, rewarding, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so finally, you've kind of already answered this, but would you do it all over again? Yeah, of course, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, would I do it all over again? Yeah, 100%, if I had mm. the money. Um, if I did it all over again, though, I'm really interested. I, I think what's really interesting is 
we, Mike and I, love creating special places. Mike and I really created the Wensley for ourselves. And I think our skill is in creating something for ourselves and then moving on from it and giving it to someone else or renting it out or capitalizing on that look and feel and then creating it in a smaller version. So maybe it's studio apartments. Um, I I desperately want to build a house and live in it, you know, build the dream house and actually get a chance to live in it because um, I don't live in the Wensley, but I really want to. Do you live near the Wensley? I live 45 minutes away. I live in Bowen Heads, which is like a coastal town just outside of Geelong. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think having small kids, I, I didn't grow up on a farm, so I feel like I'd be quite isolated out there, um, whereas what I like about living in a small coastal community is, like, you know, I can walk everywhere and the kids can ride everywhere and it's got a different vibe. You kind of have the best of both worlds at the moment, don't you, because you can still escape to the Wensley when you feel like that bit of quiet mm. time and... Yes, when it's not booked by other people. Oh, Um, (laughs) that's a problem. (laughs) So where can everyone find you? What's your Instagram handle and your website? Um, Website is thewensley.com and our Instagram handle is at thewensley and so they're my two main portals of contact. Um, You can email me at bran at thewensley.com and get in touch. I might not answer straight away, um, but I am there. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to. I might get you to send through some of the uh, the arc, the architects and the designers and the stylists and the definitely and all those people that helped you to create the Wensley. And I'll pop those links in the show notes if anybody wants to get in touch with any of those people. So. Thank you so much for for joining me. It's been so lovely to meet you. No, and um, likewise, yeah, I hope to one day come and visit. And um, oh yeah, let me know. I've never let done the Great Ocean Road. Yeah, so I'd love to do that one day and stop in on the way. Yeah, let me know. Just send me an email. I'll sort <laughs> you out. I hope you enjoyed that interview. As I said to you, it was um, a really great one to learn and listen to Fran and her journey and and just the way that she shares about working with other creatives and other professionals in their own industries to, you know, really learn from them and collaborate with them. And I think that that is so important and it's such a really great lesson for us to learn because I think it's really good for us to know where our own expertise is and to know when we need to outsource and when when to get help and you know we can't be good at everything we have to know the areas that we are good at and to know when we need to ask for help and to be advised in areas that we are not so good at so just to remind you if you would like to join the waitlist to learn more about the Elevated Holiday Haven program and also to be able to join my live workshop on the 1st of August then make sure you sign up to the waitlist via the link in my show notes or over on Instagram you can find it in the link in my bio. 
Also, if you like this episode, please make sure you leave me a review. That would really, really help me to be seen in front of new eyes and to get the podcast just shared in front of new people. So thanks again, and I'll be back in a fortnight. Thanks so much for joining me today. And if you really enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate if you could leave me a five-star review so that more people can hear about the Holiday in Style podcast. 